0: for something completely different.
1: Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali
2: Shilton. And I'm Steffi Barnett. Today on the show, bend it like Bollywood. I caught up with Vinay about their Bolly queer dance classes. Uh, and Predators. I chat to Richard Squires about his latest film. All that and a lot, lot more coming today right
1: here on Shout Out.
2: Well, I yeah. thought I was going to have to rush around and sit on your lap to Why? do the beginning of the show. Why? Because my script hadn't come up. I had one second oh, to right. go when oh, it see. came up.
1: Oh, well, that be because you were making <laughs> Mother's Day cards, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I was. So, Hello, Mummy. Mother's Day this um, Sunday, isn't it? It is. It so, is. In, in case you've forgotten. <laughs> as everyone, as every, everyone listening goes, oh my God, I forgot. Crap. <laughs> of course.
3: And St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Yeah. Well, well, or, we go or today, or today, maybe, or yesterday, or even yesterday mm. depending on where you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening live, yeah. then
1: it's uh, yes. tomorrow. Uh, we, we go out so a so lot, lot of, lot of the stations on on Friday, don't we? So, hello, if you're listening on Friday, on Friday, yeah. <laughs> I so. think
2: we're on all day, from 10 a.m. onwards.
1: Hello, yeah. Shout out to them. Can't FM. FM.
3: get enough of us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, we haven't got long, actually. Um, not this weekend coming. The weekend after. The clocks go forward. Yes. Which I know yes, I know you, you were joking earlier saying the weather could stay exactly like it is, but usually it starts to warm up a bit at that point, which would be nice. But even if it doesn't, it's just having that extra hour of daylight in the yeah, evening. Yeah, so it's will be getting dark at about mm, 7 o'clock once here yeah, in the UK yeah. or Ireland. So it, yeah. It's nice. It's now at the point where it's not dark when I go home. But That's by right. the time I get home, you get like half hour and it's dark again. The so year is nice.
3: gradually moving on, mm. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Scary,
1: though. So, I'll tell you what else it is tomorrow as well, actually. Uh, Red Nose Day.
3: Wow, yes, yeah. comic yes. relief Yes I remember yes. when they started that It was sort of like the end of the 1980s They started doing yeah, the I was prim- Yeah, I primary
1: school And well, my, my mum didn't believe in it And didn't buy into it the first year And then we, me and my sister Were the only kids in primary school That didn't have red noses so we were so upset So the next year we got them
2: Yeah Or so it know. could be red nose day today
1: Oh, don't start that accurate,
2: Or it yes. could be red nose day yesterday <laughs> Just in case you missed it Or on one station It could be the day before the day <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, anyway
2: on, on friday
1: friday, 17th, friday 17th yeah so if it's yeah. gone i hope you had a good one
3: <laughs> the really does a lot of great work all around the world they support it does, yeah. the charities but I'm, home and abroad i, I like lots the, of community groups i like
1: the little mixy matchy things that they do where they do because like i know that um dawn french is doing uh traitors rip-off <laughs> Yeah. Very good. because um, you know Claudia Winkman usually does it and mm. she's got that fringe that comes yeah, down yeah, over yeah, her yeah, eyes yeah, There's, there's load, load, loads look. of memes of it <laughs> um, there's a clip that they've been rolling on the BBC where basically Dawn French pulls this light um, curtain um, string and, 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 a, and a cur- <laughs> curtains open up on the front and I was just absolutely cackling with laughter so I, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking funny. forward to seeing that So very funny So, and I heard um, um, Faulty Towers was making a return. Didn't go down very well with the LGBT community. It didn't go
3: down well with a
2: lot (laughs) of people. No, no. Um, he got quite angry about it. Actually, he did. Yeah, Mm. yeah.
3: Was he not not invited or something? John Cleese wasn't invited to take part? No, no, it was his idea. Oh, was it? Doing it
1: with his daughter. And it's basically, he plays the same part. Mm. Um, Or at least this this was his idea. He was going to play the same part and gets, um, you know, I say reunited, but he meets his, you know, long-lost daughter that he knew nothing about, I I I think, was the premise of it. But he he said he refused to do it with the BBC because he didn't like the way they'd gone and the like. And then he got very... Shall we say right wingish? And,
3: yes, yes. I and was uh, aware that he he was sort of like yeah turned into a a bit of a bitter old man for want of a better phrase. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there is yeah. also an
1: argument at the fact that the originals were such classics.
3: Like, yeah, was, why would you, you remake even them? Even they only alone. made twelve, didn't they? Mm, yes, yeah. quite famously. And of course, he wrote them, co-wrote them, John Cleese wrote, wrote them with Connie Booth. Yes. Uh, who he was married to yes. during the first
1: and, um, years. Penelope... Um, what's Prunella name? Scales? Prunella Scales, yeah. There that's was, right. she, was I think she sadly passed away last year, didn't she? I don't sure. know. Yeah, I, don't, she, I
2: haven't she, read she, that. Yeah, 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 she has passed yeah. away, okay. I'm, I'm sure. Who was the guy? The Spanish guy was probably my favourite. Andrew Sachs. Played Andrew Wells. Yes. Yeah.
1: But Just I'm making down, me check yes. now, yeah.
3: But of course, um, you know. I suppose this day and oh, age, actually, you, you'd get a Spanish actor to play a Spanish part. But well, one That one 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 was line. very
1: much um, part of the day. Uh, she, she passed away in um, 2019. If you know, that's Right Bless her. age of 90. But I, I also I age. thought her character. I thought she played her character brilliantly. I you know, <laughs> <she> just, <laughs> just love her while well, like slapping Basil Fawlty. Like. Oh yeah <laughs> yeah. So, it, it reminds me, it's what I think Steph's house is like, like secretly behind closed doors. You've
3: you know, been in my place. Yeah.
1: Does yeah, it precisely.
2: look like a Torquay a hotel? <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen the, wob-
1: the The walls wobble like they do on that set. <laughs> so, the other one that used to be a bit like that, do you remember Prisoner Cell Block H? I used to of have, of course, have um, the, the um, sets were
2: made of cardboard, weren't they? And that saying.
3: has uh, a great LGBTQ plus following, yes. Huge, How about first
2: TARDIS on Doctor Who made of boxer wood. Oh, was it? Oh, I think gosh. it was throughout the first run of Doctor Who, yeah, yeah. Went up, yeah, to 1989. Yeah, constantly falling apart and being repaired, mm-hmm. indeed. <laughs> indeed, a bit like this to... show. <laughs> well, we don't fall Const- apart, what are you on about, don't we? Oh, okay.
1: See, I told you, it's your house. It's <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. oh dear. Right, what about Vinay? Yeah, you like? Yeah. You Thanks see? to the BBC production um, company that got in touch with us and a great chat and what a brilliant idea. <sighs> and they I've also like put an idea in his head, all will be revealed. Hmm. Now, listeners of last week's Shoutout will um, know that we played a promo for BBC Three documentary, Bend It Like Bollywood. And Vinay, who's the star of that, he's now with us. Vinay, welcome to Shoutout.
0: Hi, hi, everybody. Thank you for having me here.
2: Now, how did did the idea come up of you getting into um, the BBC and working with them?
0: so it was it was all quite spontaneous and unexpected to be honest um i started my own dance company bolly queer not too long ago um which is of course a bollywood dance group for queer people um and it ended up getting quite a lot of attention online and it you know sort of my videos started to go a bit viral and i started to realize that there's a big demand for it and i think through that someone had found out about the classes and sent me a message on instagram and they were from this filming company clockworks um, and they said, you know, we, we're going to pitch this documentary called, Bend, uh, we're going to call it Bender Like Bollywood. Um, and we think that your story, you know, would be perfect for it. And if you're interested in working with us, I uh, would love to film you and your, your journey. And I thought, there's no way this is real. Like this isn't going to happen. You know, <laughs> cause I was just sat in the library studying for my third year university exams, um, thinking that, yeah, this must be like a hoax. I just didn't really know what to think of it, but I thought there's no harm in exploring this and just having a chat. And then... Here we are, it's coming out. Like it's yeah. the documentary's out. So yeah. It's kind of surreal.
2: How lovely is that, isn't it? oh lovely. Yeah. Now, let's go back to your childhood. What was it like growing up queer?
0: It's a good question. I think for me, a lot of it's to do with where I grew up. And I grew up in Leicester. Um, and there's a big South Asian population here. And that for me is a brilliant thing. I love that I'm very like in touch with my heritage. I love celebrating all things about my South Asian identity. But The one thing that I did mean is that there were things that I couldn't speak about that nobody really speaks about um, growing up. Um, I didn't really hear about queerness or what it meant to be gay until I either heard other people calling me gay based off my personality or through starting to slowly see things on the media. Um, So it was kind of an alienating experience, especially not having anyone in my family who was really openly gay. nobody in my family really talking to me about what that meant or that you know that community exists and yeah I'd say it was quite lonely especially because there isn't a massive queer scene here particularly as opposed to the bigger cities like Manchester and London so I think yeah I'd say it was quite a lonely experience and and it was only when I actually moved to London that I actually started to really come to terms with who I was and find community.
2: Were you quite young when you came out to your parents or was that later life?
0: I'd say it was quite later for me. Um, I think I came out when I was about 19, which is only two, uh, two, two, three years ago now. Um, because I didn't actually ever want to come out. I remember even when I was 19, it was sort of spur of the moment. I had this bout of confidence and I just did it. But the plan always for me was to marry a lesbian woman. And I know that sounds, ridiculous (laughs) like, ridiculous <laughs> plan. with my way it was sort of like you know it's fine no one's ever going to need to know i'm going to find a lesbian south asian woman both of our families will be happy and they won't need to know that we're both queer and we can live our own secret lives and that was always my plan and then you know it's when i actually started to make friends we're like that's a really bad idea but like that's not you know because i saw it as everybody wins that way and then i had queer friends who would remind me that you don't win in that situation at all and you know you, it's, it's okay to put yourself first and that's when i actually had the confidence to come out
2: Mm. you know vinay there's a film there right there
0: (laughs) i think you're right i think you're right that's a good storyline isn't it it is it is
2: now you've uh, just come back from india what was that like
0: i had an amazing time in india and i actually went to india just after we finished filming for the documentary it was just two days after and obviously i'd had this amazing filming experience of you know taking my dance classes to Leicester and being really proud about my identity and you know really embracing my queerness, and then going to India for the first time, I was naturally quite nervous because it was my first time going, um, and obviously it's only recently, I think within like the last five to six years, that um, homosexuality was decriminalised, so I was quite anxious about that. But what I found there was just a massive community of wonderful queer activists. Um, yeah that really like nice sense of solidarity there and I, I didn't feel like I even had to look too hard for it it was there and I think it was quite naive of me to assume that that wouldn't be there because queer people exist everywhere no matter what the laws are we you know we we are there we exist and I I felt really happy to actually have met Indian people who identify as queer and it actually gave me the confidence to do a Bolly queer class in New Delhi in India which was a huge step for me, because obviously I was so nervous doing it in Leicester because of the South Asian community in Leicester, but then I did it in a South Asian country as well, and I had fifty people attend,
3: oh wow, and,
0: yeah, it just blew me like i was I was shocked and I was really overwhelmed with joy because there was just there were fifty of us queer Indians in the room together, queer South Asians dancing unapologetically in India itself, and it just it felt amazing.
2: How lovely is that? Yeah. Um, did you manage to meet any of the Hijra community?
0: I did. I did, and that was a lovely experience as well because we talk a lot about the trans and intersex community here, um, but to meet you know the Hijra community there and seeing the way their you know their their lives are there, the difficulties they face, um, it was actually really lovely to actually speak to some of them directly because what I've always thought is all queer is about dance and queerness, and the Hijra community they they are dancers, they are performers, they 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 know how to do that. And I would one day I've always thought it'd be so lovely to get across over there and get, you know, the communities in South Asia involved in this concept to sort of collaborate. So it benefits all of our communities.
2: Mm. How did you actually get involved with dancing? Was it just something that you loved doing and it just went from there that you wanted to share that?
0: I think it's actually, it was envy. When I was watching Bollywood movies uh, when I was younger, I would see the actresses and I think oh my god they look so beautiful and I want to be able to move like that I want to be able to dance like that and there was just something about the like feminine energy that I thought I want to I want to be able to encapsulate that as well because you know that's really inspiring to me and it was through watching movies and growing up in a family where everybody loved bollywood um I was exposed to it so much that I ended up getting really into it and trying it out myself and that's when I realized that it was a passion
2: mm. Do all your family know about your queerness now? Have they come to terms with it?
0: Yes, absolutely. I think it's funny, I was saying this to my sister as well, that when I think about who I was before, you know, like wanting to marry a lesbian, not even ordering a cocktail in a bar because I thought it'd make me look too feminine. So now <laughs> having this documentary on BBC Three coming out, and literally everybody knowing, everybody in my family knows now because it's, it's out there for everyone to see. Um, so yeah, I did, you know, being so visible and wanting to host these dance classes, Obviously it comes with being visible because I have to advertise the classes. I have to be the face of it so people know what they're walking into. That meant that I had to have those conversations with family saying, by the way, this is who I am. I teach these dance classes for queer people, for gender non-conforming people, because that's also how I identify. And it was quite challenging to do that, but I almost feel like there's a really big weight lift off my shoulder now because there's not one person in the world that I feel like I would hide this from now.
2: Well, obviously you can't because after uh, yeah, after the showing on BBC Three, it's now on iPlayer. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so if you did miss it, um uh, is on the BBC iPlayer, and I think it's on BBC iPlayer for about twelve months, so there's plenty of time to repeat view because um, it is a a stunning and, and very colourful documentary. So, Vinate, what's next? Oh,
0: that's a good question. I mean, I'm I'm really excited about the potential that poly queer has. I think what I would love to do first of all is get poly queer in more cities. I've had so many messages on Instagram now saying, "Can you please come to this city? Can you please come to this country?" And I think it's because it just shows that there is a need for this. There are a need for intersectional spaces where you can celebrate your cultural background and also being queer and being LGBT plus. And the fact that I'm getting so many messages saying, "Please come to our town. Please come to this country. Please come to America." And I'm like Oh my God, how am I going to do all of this? I think it just shows that we need more people creating these spaces so that it's more accessible for everyone out there. So, yeah, in terms of what's next, I would love to just expand and get more of this going.
3: Mm.
2: I think you should uh, make that film.
0: And yeah, that's it. That's on the list. The-
2: <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it could be quite funny, couldn't it? I think, think it would be interesting.
2: I think so. Um, done like uh, the the very classical um, British uh, sitcoms like uh, Bridget Jones. Uh, mm, yes. The star. way I sort
0: of imagine it is like I'm imagining that so the parents are coming home and we've got a button that we press which turns all the photos around to like us as a couple. Do you know what I mean? Like electronically so that it looks like we're a straight couple.
2: <laughs> Sounds like you've already started it Vinay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, boring, it's boring. So when you have started that, I'd like to come back to Shout Out and give oh, us a preview awesome. of of that and <laughs> what you're up to. Now, people are obviously going to want to keep in touch with you and what you're doing and see whether, how you're going to go with that film. Yeah, uh, um. So where can people follow you? Twitter, Insta?
0: So I'm mainly on Instagram and my username, it's my name. It's Vinay Jovan Putra um, with, with two A's at the end. And also, if you're interested in the dance classes, you can check Bolly Queer. It's also on Instagram. If you're not on Instagram, then bollyqueer.com, that's the website, and you can have a read about more of what we do. There's some videos on there as well, if you want to see what the dance classes look like. And also I've, I've put a video of what we did in India as well, which I think might be quite interesting to have a look at. Mm.
2: Well, um, shout out listeners. If you did not see it um, uh, yesterday, then please watch it on iPlayer because it is very, very uplifting. It is a very well-made documentary, as you'd expect from the BBC. But I think the lead... Also makes it. Thank you so much for joining us on
0: Shout Out, Vinny. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.
1: Shout Out.
4: LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast.
1: That's Rada from uh, the film Student of the Year.
2: You did well with that dance. I'm impressed. Thank you. Knack it now. You got the moves. <laughs> it's all right we may, we may
1: terry sit down for it so we can read the news <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah it's the worst when you've got an out of breath news <laughs> i
1: keep forgetting to bring the lemons for him to suck you wait you'll get yeah. one story and he's going to be so self-conscious now well, <laughs> so,
3: you know, nerves still power things i know steph sometimes gets nervous before going on the air don't you um, feel, feel that adrenaline rush
1: yeah i got it i got it at the awards
3: Yes, of for, course, for yeah. The,
1: the yeah. first bit, especially when the microphone then didn't work. Classic, you know, do all that tech test yeah, beforehand. But it was all
3: right it's... on the night, as they say.
1: Well, it, it was it was like about five minutes in after we yeah. realised it wasn't working, and I just yeah. like pushed stuff out of the way. And
2: I remember way when from. I had um, the mobile disco i used to get stage fright at the start so it took me about 20 minutes half hour for my hand to stop shaking and of course when you're putting an arm across onto seven (laughs) inch vinyl (laughs) it's not good if you're shaking
1: don't have your fader up (laughs) isn't it That's uh, yeah
3: Yeah. those were the days yeah
1: anyway should we uh, get some new headlines yes of course
3: is shout out news on thursday the 16th of march tributes from across the lgbtqia plus communities have been pouring in for new zealand politician georgina bayer a center left former member of the kiwi parliament and the first openly transgender member of a democratic parliament in the world ms bayer has ascended to the realm of our lgbtq ancestors after suffering from a kidney disease for some years she was 65 reuters notes that ms Beyer was elected for the new zealand labour party in 1999 and remained in parliament until 2007 made a member of the new zealand order of merit by queen elizabeth ii in 2020 for services to the rainbow community she was known for her work in the illegalization of civil unions and gay marriage as well as the decriminalization of prostitution ms Baye also served as the mayor of the small town of carterton which was flying its flag at half-mast, according to Radio New Zealand, as a mark of respect. The town of Carterton is also to immortalise Ms Beyer in a street name. The BBC News Channel reports that the latest attempt by far-right-wing groups to mar- organise against LGBTQIA people in London has fallen flat on its face when a desultory 14 extremists showed up to a drag queen performance that wasn't even happening. As the US Newswear LGBTQ Nation notes, even better, they were overwhelmed by nearly 150 pro-LGBTQ plus counter-protesters. The pro-LGBT plus contingent carried signs stating, don't let the far-right divide us, defend LGBTQ plus communities and smash fascism and racism by any means necessary. The poet Joelle Taylor has written in the independent paper ahead of of a new exhibition of working-class butch lesbian culture in it she says thanks to punk feminism and magazines like spare rib and shocking pink i began to understand what a contentious space the female body is and what a no-man's land i am a butch lesbian an identity which has a hard-won lineage of survival and cunning community and compassion it's a community of hard women with soft hearts taylor links the butch lesbian experience to the world of gender outlaws and in essays elsewhere has noted that butch lesbians have sometimes been attacked by the same gender critical people who today undermine trans women's identity she says I rebelled and joined a long list of gender outlaws and sexual dissidents. The Guardian last year interviewed Ms Taylor and how her work can revive the LGBTQIA plus and feminist communities. Instead of fighting each other online, she said, we need to focus. Now, many LGBTQIA plus people will have a circumspect view of the internet, what with all the trolling, far-right organising and conspiracy theories that flourish there. They might find a value an essay on the atheist magazine site Only Sky, written by philosopher Charles. Charles sorry, Chris Barecki. Mr Barecki summarises some of the problems with the internet, saying we quickly self-segregated into information bubbles. These bubbles were organised in various ways across social media platforms and services, but all offered relief from the burden of actually justifying opinions or hearing alternative perspectives. That felt pleasant, so we experienced reinforcement for a behaviour that ultimately isolated people from reality and taught us to avoid challenges to our ideas. Everything seemed fine until the information bubbles started spilling into the real world. Excuse me. The QAnon conspiracy cult, he said, attracted millions of followers based on nothing more than user-generated content within information bubbles. And a 2020 Ipsos survey found that 17% of Americans agreed with the statement that a group of Satan-worshipping elites who run a child sex ring is trying to control our politics. Another 37% said they were unsure. QAnon ideology, he concluded, motivated a series of crimes, culminated in the January 6, the 2021 coup attack attempt but mr barecki predicts that in the medium future new generations will still use the internet but in a critical intelligent way and will enter a renewed age of rigorous real-time debate discourse and logical thinking in events news, Bristol's acclaimed independent bookstore StorySmith on North Sea Street is welcoming the author Douglas Stewart to the Station Youth Centre on Silver Street on Tuesday the 18th of April. Douglas has written several must-read gay novels, the most recent being Young Mungo, charting the love between two young men in the hyper and dangerous hetero-criminal ganglands of Glasgow in the 1990s. The Booker Prize winner will be chatting about his work and his life, which is split between Scotland and the us for more information visit Storysmithbooks.com. <coughs> i do apologize in entertainment's news we have a recommendation for you this week there are all manner of brilliant programs on community radio and especially on the stations that take shout out in the northern Bristol suburbs, Bradley Stoke Radio beams out from a community centre on 103.4 FM and on digital DAB radio. On Thursday evenings from 9pm, they have a disco music showcase dedicated to the sounds of the 70s when soul, gay dance music, funk and Latin rhythms combined on the dance floors of the free world and became a rebel music beloved of diverse urban communities. Disco is intimately bound up with LGBTQ plus identities and and histories and this two-hour program brings the sounds of that iconic era to a modern audience now if you have a favorite program on community radio that is relevant to lgbtqia plus people do let us know <coughs> ESC Radio, an online radio station that broadcasts music from the many decades of the Eurovision Song Contest, says that as we gear up for May's event in Liverpool, so they will include the music of the National Selection Contests, playing tracks that have not qualified, but nevertheless are worthy of another listen. Meanwhile, Sveriges Radio in Stockholm transmitted the annual Swedish Qualifier event last Saturday. The resulting Swedish entry is, according to our Euro correspondent John, enjoying favorable reviews from eurovision pundits and finally many lgbtqia people will be marking the spring or vernal equinox which takes place next wednesday humanists and followers of many spiritual paths celebrate the fact that days will now be longer than nights here in the northern hemisphere if you are marking this time of year we hope that your celebrations are joyful and bright that's it for this week's news at the moment we're still not able to upload news to our website but why not keep in touch with one of the many lgbt news feeds podcasts and radio networks available just do an internet search and you'll get a choice of dozens for shout out news this has been terry thanks for listening
0: shout out news national and international lgbt news for you
1: And please please post your lemons too. Shout out, Kara, BCFM, man. Shout out.
4: LGBT Radio for you out podcast.
2: podcast. Right, listeners on shoutout know we love going to the cinema or the theatre. We're addicts, and um, I'm joined by Richard Squires. And uh, Richard hello, got um, a new documentary. Would you call it a documentary, Richard?
4: Uh, I'm I'm not sure to be honest. It's kind of some people are calling it a documentary, some people are calling it a kind of autofiction. So okay, it's so, got elements of real life and. Uh, Fiction, I guess, in it.
2: Right. Before we get into what you're doing now, and you, because uh, you, this is your second one. Am I correct in saying that Perpetrators is your second? I think the one before was Doozy, wasn't it?
4: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've been making films for about 20, 20 plus years, but um, the new film is The Perpetrators, which is uh, going to be screened at BFI Flare. And then the previous one, um, which I made in 2018, just before the pandemic was my first feature, which was called doozy.
2: Mm. Right. Let's go back to your childhood. Um, Okay. Did you have (laughs) Did you have an inkling that you were attracted to making films or plays? And
4: I won a competition. Uh, at the local library when I was, I, I don't know, about seven or eight, something like that. Wow. I, drew a, I, drew, I won a drawing competition. I drew a dinosaur in red biro. And I think that kind of um, <laughs> yeah. basically just kind of got me hooked to, you know, being creative, really. So, I mean, I've done lots of different things. I've made comics. I've done some performance work. But film is really what, I'm, uh, what I keep coming back to, I guess.
2: Okay, so you've always been artistic, basically from school.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, what did you study when you went through college or or uni? Was that all art based?
4: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I did um, a an undergraduate course which was fine art, and uh, started off doing sculpture, and then moved into um, well, it was called four D. Then it was kind of video. Um, and then did a postgraduate at the Slade and carried on making kind of film and video work Hmm. and um, yeah since then I've just been uh, continuing to so to work as a filmmaker really artist filmmaker
2: that's quite disparate isn't it like uh, current drawing for uh, comic books and and sculpture as well
4: yeah I mean I think a lot of artists kind of you know dip into things and you know, you you see if something kind of works for you in some way, and then uh, move on to something else. And I suppose for me, you know, I did my undergraduate the, in the beginning of the '90s, so video was very kind of current and was, you know, really interesting and had lots of potential. So, um, you know, I got hooked on it, I guess.
2: Now, tell me about perpetrators. Um, I've seen the I've seen the preview clip and. Um, it it makes me feel as though it's a, a little bit dark
4: it is a little bit dark it's definitely a little <laughs> bit dark i mean it's it's set in the 1980s so you know maybe that that kind of says a lot i guess i mean it's it's about um it's really about a kind of reflection on my childhood growing up in the suburbs of london in the 1980s um and it's kind of set against you know, the kind of historical pathologization of homosexuality. So, you know, the 1980s for me was very, um, you know, I've got what you might call a kind of complicated nostalgia for the decade because it was a time, you know, when queers were represented as depraved and sick, you know, pretty much everywhere. Um, and yet I experienced, you know, as I kind of became aware of my sexuality, um, LGBT culture as kind of radical I suppose and transgressive you know because of that Um, and of course we had the AIDS epidemic you know the conservative government brought in clause 28 to um, restrict you know the promotion of homosexuality in schools there was widespread bigotry and the other thing that I really remember is there was a, a a resurgence really of the kind of moral panic about stranger danger Uh, you know, which I think had kind of kicked off in the 50s in the States. So there were loads of TV adverts about, you know, shifty men in raincoats and, you know, not, um, uh, you know, being aware of uh, strange looking men in the cinema and all this kind of thing. So that's, you know, also a part of the film because um, it was a period, it was a decade for me when, you know, queer people were very much uh, regarded as a threat to children. And, you know, I think we're really seeing, I don't really think that's ever gone away. And certainly at the moment, we're seeing a resurgence of that. Um, So I hope that, you know, by me kind of looking back and reflecting on my own, uh, my own childhood, it kind of, you know, links back to the experience of LGBT kids today in some ways.
2: Yeah, like you say, there is a resurgence, isn't there? Things seem to be cycling back round to where they were with the HQ community. And um, it's people like you that put your head above the parapet and get things out there that uh, bring everyone's attention to the fact that um, things are getting a little bit out of hand. Now, going forward, have you got any ideas considering the current climate on what you'd like to do?
4: well i'm working um on another feature length i'm i'm developing another feature length film which is um looking a- again at the at the 1980s it's it's a kind of more ex- more expanded version i suppose of what i've i've done with the perpetrators um but it's actually um again i suppose thinking about how these images um of what you might call gay male depravity have, um, have affected us. You know, I mean, I feel as a queer person that, um, you know, my, my identity, I suppose, has, 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 is partly kind of reliant on this kind of multitude of pathological images, you know, and like lots of queer people, maybe I reject them, maybe I integrate them but to some extent i'm i'm very much a believer in the fact that um we've got to kind of deal with the darkness you know i'm i'm very much someone who believes in you know affirming queerness but at the same time i think we've we've got this darkness in our history and it's something you know that i think more and more people are talking about and i think we have to kind of deal with that so for me you know and there are aspects of that you know which relate to you know the fact that we're to some extent still very much you know outside of the mainstream and uh i like that you know <laughs> i don't want to be too assimilated i i really like the fact that you know there are there are things which um you know there are there are there are things which are darker within our kind of uh history and culture i suppose
3: mm.
2: Right, we're fast running out of time, Richard. Could, um, okay, tell me how people can um, watch your film. And... So
4: the the film is going to be um, at BFI Flare, um, at uh, BFI Southbank. The first screening is this Sunday, the nineteenth of March, um, in the Shadow Tells It Differently program. There's another screening on the twenty fifth um, of March at BFI Flare. And it's also going to be in uh, some other festivals around the country. There's actually a screening at Bendigo Queer Film Festival in Australia as well. So if people want to find out more, they can check out my website, um, which is LMFYFF Productions. And they can just have a look there and they'll be updated with uh, news of further screenings.
2: Okay. now social media. Obviously, people who are listening are going to be interested in what you're doing and want to know what's uh, coming up and uh, what surrounds you in your life. So, what's your socials?
4: Socials uh, um, again. It's this. I'm afraid it's a bit long winded, but it's, <laughs> it's this. It's my production company, which is L M F Y F F Productions. That's the Instagram account, um, and I've also got a Twitter, which is a bit easier, which is Doozy Film um which they can also check out for information <laughs> that does sound like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah.
2: squires going forward uh, wish you all the best and thank you for thank you your time with shout out listeners
4: thanks ever so much thank you
2: for more information about shout out radio visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt shout out
4: lgbt radio for you The Shout
1: Out Podcast. That's this year's Eurovision entry. That's uh, I wrote a song by May Miller.
3: Excellent.
1: It reminds me of um, uh, the meme that everyone's been doing, the the little TikTok dance they've been doing to Wednesday Adams thing. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Which is actually a Lady Gaga song, spun, um, kind of sped up a bit, I think, through memory. Oh, Um,
2: well so how do you rate our chances with that one
1: well um not only is do i think it's a really good song um i don't think it's a um sam Ryder type but i think it's really good it's really catchy um but also statistically the later on you perform the more likely you are to win and they've done the draw and we are the last one so we will be the last last act that performs Oh. So yeah, you never know Means means we've we got a chance but, Yeah, yeah. people's minds more Yes,
3: I know what you mean Is Graham Norton presenting? I again? Yeah, he's doing the presentation the, Part of the hosting And he's doing the BBC One coverage as well So he's going to be a very busy buddy mm.
2: Oh yeah, and yeah. I think Scott Mills is also in there he in the mix Oh, would be doing, yeah. doing radio, BBC two, radio, two, radio 2 I would yeah.
3: imagine, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, Scott Mills does, Yeah, yeah. So, well, best luck I mean, hopefully yeah, we'll,
1: we'll we'll have a um, Eurovision um, show before actual Eurovision. Sorry. Yes, Check that, that show, would I mean. be good. Be good.
3: Do you remember the year that Lorraine Kelly was voted to to announce the results of the British jury, and she was outside a Prowler Shop on Old Compton Street <laughs> <laughs> or wherever it is Brewer Street in Soho, and there's all these sort of like you know drag queens ricocheting around in the background, and they thought, yeah, they know that they know their audience.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was one year um, the hosts. Um, got their own back on Graham Norton because you know for, for quite a while um, it got to a point where it was literally just slagging the whole thing off because we were always coming in with we're b- always water, very cynical up. aren't
3: we yes and
1: um, th- th- there was one where the hosts talked to him from the stage and he wasn't expecting it and no, then they let off a whole load of confetti cannons in his little booth
2: yes, didn't that's they right, it was actually yeah, hilarious yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Well, changing the subject very slightly, <laughs> gonorrhea. Yes, Ooh, <laughs> quite yes. a change of
1: subject. Yeah, 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 so we, we thought we'd very quickly mention this one because um, it's, it's very easy to think, you know, with things like PrEP that we've got these days that, you know, think things are getting a lot better, and they are, especially where HIV is concerned, but of course it is not the only um, STI out there. And unfortunately at the moment um, the statistics for gonorrhea are increasing um, very, very quickly, um, alarmingly quickly, um, according to um, some of the press reports that we 've we 've read so um, you know if you are sexually active or if you have any kind of secretion I believe is the, the right the right term um, from uh, your nether regions, uh, go get tested because um, it is very simple, it's a course of antibiotics is, to, yeah. to, to clear yeah. it up but, um, uh, but you can un- also, it can be very serious if it's less than and some people don't have any symptoms at all I should point out so just because you feel fine and don't think anything's wrong doesn't mean there's nothing there. Yeah I think
3: especially if you're sexually active on the scene a good idea is to have a regular MO Tea, yeah. so to speak. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah, I believe eighteen to twenty-five. They recommend it's every couple of months, isn't it? Yeah,
4: yeah. Um,
1: you know, but I would, I would recommend doing it. And you can, if yeah. you don't want to go to a clinic, um, especially if you're listening in the kind of Bristol and Southwest area. Um, a lot of places now are offering home testing. It's certainly available here in Bristol. Um, you can actually just, um, uh, if you if you Google Unity, which is our local. A sexual health uh, provider here in bristol if you're listening elsewhere i'm afraid you have to check locally because they are all different but um, Unity certainly will post it to you in discreet packaging and you can do the tests at home put it in a box put it back in the post box so they would text you your results so yeah. you don't don't even have to go uh to to the clinic
2: mm. so. So that leads us nicely into the poop
1: well, oh, why has of? he got got a
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, who knows what the priests get up to um, in their spare time? <laughs> <laughs> I would be surprised. <laughs> no, um, he's come down on the side of uh, the anti-trans brigade now. Yes, um, and using that lovely term chan- transgenderism.
1: Yeah, that's a bit like yeah. the. Choosing of a lifestyle, isn't it? That they yeah. use the gay people. It's, like, it's not yeah, a choice. It's, it's such a thing. shame because in recent
3: years he was making uh, some kind of rapprochement to to oh, the LGBTQ I uh, you have to Start say that, ag- that again. What? Yeah. Rapproschmol.
1: Rapproschmol. what's that mean?
3: Uh, a kind of building bridges, shall yeah.
2: we yeah. say. Yeah, oh, and I he was, that. wasn't he? I was, I thought things were looking up with the yeah. Catholic Church and the queer community, but obviously not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I mean, we, we've had this conversation
1: before. I, I kind of have a feeling that there is a big correlation between how good or bad life is in general and how much more... It gets like
3: transphobia mm. and homophobia. Yeah, all, all the like phobia
1: that. seems to come mm. out, all the bigotry yeah, yeah, yeah. seems well, to come yeah. out, and there right. always seems to be an element of you know when society's in a better place and mm. we haven't got things like credit crunches and we haven't got lockdowns mm. because of coronaviruses and like things seem to progress. Then the minute yeah. something bad goes on, it's like everyone seems to feel the need to explode at those. That are a minority.
3: Well,
2: Nazism was born from depression Mm. in Germany. And um, so you could
3: be wrong. I, know, yeah. I think there is a historical Just a personal I ob- observation, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's no, someone else. lots there of historians who... would agree with you. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right, and uh, what a shame for the Pope to suddenly say that, but as I understand it there's a feature in the New European a couple of weeks ago there are forces within the Catholic Church that are trying to force the Pope into a more right-wing, conservative you know. direction, yeah. so they as still always. exist, you know, yeah. despite what his personal views
2: Well, be. religion is going very right-wing <coughs> in the States, but what's weird is there is a lot of common now using the year 2015 which is really odd like, year to pick <laughs> isn't it and let's <laughs> go back before so trans- what happened in 2015 well obviously there is no transgenderism no. <laughs> whatever that is <laughs> in their heads before prior to 2015 it didn't exist no. and they want to go back to that time but it's their invention get a grip people yeah just yes. saying I've yes. got much more working
1: out today, <laughs> is there? You know, I mean we've, we've, we've said since yeah, day yeah. one of this show I remember you and me Having this conversation years ago Terry What are we now? 14 years? 15 years? 13 years into
3: to uh, shout out 13 um, years this June
1: 13 years But wow. 13 years ago We said we hope that we will see a day When a show like this is not needed mm-hmm. um, And you know We can go do other radio I have not stopped doing radio But um, you know that's why shout out is this. It's
3: still needed. It's very much still needed. So, and, uh, yeah. you know, and unfortunately, as you say, sort of prejudice tends to go around and come around in many communities. The fact is, like, you know, racism has been around for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, Anti Semitism is an extremely old form of prejudice. Mm. And but that carries you, on, unfortunately. If you
1: are suffering, don't suffer in silence. No. The reason that we get through it and we get people to change their mind is by being vocal. And we're not asking for anything special, we're asking mm. for equality.
2: Do you know what my son said? when he heard about what the Pope said he said the Romans should have kept putting the Christians to the lions he well, said that's we the should still be doing <laughs> that today harsh <Ooh. laughs> I'm not, not sure Horsh, that's I fair, fair. <laughs> it's no. only the Pope we're talking
1: about here so, so. Uh, anyway uh, that's it for another week as always you can catch up uh, with this show and uh, many others online
2: all our shows are available on all good podcast services as well as our website shoutoutradio.mgbt uh, next week we're talking to your hero
1: of the year it's Queen story hour oh brilliant um, but from myself from Terry and from Steph and the wider team that aren't here say bye bye everyone bye ciao ciao
4: ciao Shout <laughs> <laughs> out, LGBT Radio for you.